Well, good morning again. My name is Mark, one of the pastors here. And before Herman comes up, I just want to tell you a really quick story. Seven years ago this week, uh, my lifelong best friend, Phil, passed away. And about 10 days after that, I was scheduled to speak at Mount Herman. Um, They knew they had a broken speaker, uh, and not in the sound system, uh, but in me. And yet, uh, we went ahead with that. And during that week, um, a gentleman approached me with a lot of, of compassion and warmth and, and just care, because I'd shared what was going on, obviously. And then a couple days later, his wife also approached me. In both instances, they not only expressed their deep sympathy, but their loving concern and their prayer. And uh, that happened to be how I met Herman and his wife, Rhonda, uh, seven years ago. Both of them, they didn't know me from anyone, but they really wanted to go out of their way, I think independently of each other, to express their love and their care. I mentioned that to Herman when he arrived three weeks ago. He didn't remember that at all, which I did not take personally because I know this. There's been probably 15, 20,000 people he's done the same thing for since that time. He has never met a stranger, as far as I can tell, those of you who have talked with him know that you're, there's a presence that he has where it's the only conversation in the world at that time, and then he invariably wants to end that conversation by praying for you. What I'm trying to say is this is a man who's not only gifted as a preacher, but he has such a, an exceptionally warm, loving, pastoral heart. We've been so grateful uh, to his church, his family, for loaning him to us for these three weeks. And so as he comes to speak to us this last time, Twin Lakes Church, I want you to express your enthusiastic gratitude. Let's welcome back Pastor Herman Hamilton. Come on, Herman. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you so kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, and God be praised. It's a joy to be with you guys again this weekend, and I just want to say uh, what a fabulous, awesome uh, experience it has been for me over the course of the last three weeks, Uh, the combination of love and kindness and generosity that you guys have poured out uh, from the pastoral team, Pastor Mark and Val, to the individual conversations I've had with you guys has just been absolutely remarkable. And I've said it again, for, for, I've said it before, I'll say it again this morning, that if you're a first time or second time guest here, uh, I just want you to know that if I lived here in this area, this would be my church home right here. So let's give God a hand praise for the congregation that God has built right here. I want to acknowledge those who are watching also online. Uh, you know, uh, we have a link here uh, that has a collection of books and apps that really will help you to dive deep uh, into the subject matter that we've been talking about, my best life and how to, how to just shape your rhythm, etc. cetera. Uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about the Sabbath day from the Christian standpoint. There are two fabulous books uh, on this website, and so we just commend all of that to you. Uh, just before I get started this morning, I just want to say a word about what Pastor Mark uh, led us in prayer regarding that is the shooting that took place uh, earlier this week. 
Uh, I'm sure like many of you, or rather I'm sure many of you were in the same place that I was, and that is uh, as I just watched the news stories, I just found myself weeping. And the thought that came to me in the midst of all of that was really the shortest verse in the Bible, which simply says, Jesus wept. And if you're familiar with that story, you know that Lazarus uh, died and his family was inconsolable. And then they looked over and they found Jesus weeping with them. Even though Jesus knew that before the end of the day, he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead and give him back to his family members. And so that's just a word for all of us who have found ourselves this week weeping, whether it has to do with the tragedy that we saw this past Tuesday or some other tragedy. I want you to know that Jesus weeps with us. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Secondly, what I said to my congregation this morning by way of video is that so often, and you know that we have a very diverse community across race and class and politics and all of that, uh, rooted in the evangelical tradition. What I said to them by video this morning is that so often we ask the question, uh, God, why don't you do something? Especially when this continues to reoccur, 10 African Americans murdered just a few days ago. A few days later, uh, a life is taken by violence in a Taiwanese church in uh, Southern California. And then this past Tuesday, 19 second, third, and fourth graders, two adult teachers. God, why don't you do something? And every now and then, not always, but every now and then, I think this is one of those occasions, the answer to that question is that God has already done something. That God has given the power to do something to people to you and to me. And so then the real question is, why don't we do something? And the answer to that question is that the divisions in our communities, even in some of our churches, our families, and our country is deepening so dramatically that we find ourselves paralyzed when it comes to confronting some of these things that put us all at risk. So my challenge to you, this is what I said to my congregation, I'll challenge you the same way. On this Memorial Day, when we are honoring people who literally gave up their lives to preserve the, quote, United States of America, let us commit anew that we will push past the petty and find ways to find common ground and unite with those who we may disagree with on a variety of issues, but on the big stuff, let's find a way to unite together. And Jesus followers, I'm really speaking to you because it was Jesus who said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what? The children of God. Can you say amen? amen. I, uh, I'll, I'll conclude these remarks by simply saying this. Despite the, the climate that we're in, I still have hope because God is still on the throne and Jesus will have the last word. Let's celebrate that good news. Praise be to God.
God, we lift these words to you. We ask that you would help us to commit anew, to work towards unity. Now, bless this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you'd be kind enough to stand as we enter the last uh, weekend together. And uh, today I want to talk about what it means to dare to rest. Can you just say that? Dare to rest. Dare to rest. And uh, here's the passage as we think a little bit about the Sabbath day from a Christian context. It's, It's about Jesus. Listen here. On Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath, it was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And let everybody shout amen. 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 Please, please be seated. Say to the person next to you, I dare you to rest. Tell us, <laughs> I remember the first, I, I love Starbucks. I'm there all the time. But I remember the very first time I went to a Starbucks. I, I went to experiment, and I didn't know what to order, so I just ordered a cup of coffee. And the young lady on the other side of the counter, she said to me, would you like for me to leave room? I didn't understand that. As I looked a little baffled, I'd say, excuse me. She said, would you like for me to leave room? And I said, excuse me? She says, I mean, would you like for me to leave enough room for you to add some cream? I said, oh. I wasn't familiar with the language of leaving enough room to add cream. As I think about our culture, our collective lives together on the treadmill of life that seems to run 24-7, I think it might be true to suggest to all of us that in our own way, we are not familiar with the language of leaving room, leaving margin in our lives for the cream. I want to suggest to you, as a matter of fact, I think that all of us kind of function every day with an unspoken prayer, even if you're not a person of faith. And I believe we function with this this, this unspoken prayer because uh, our souls are designed to work in a certain way. And we are so out of alignment, forced to be so because of how culture works. And and, and here is the prayer I think we wake up in the morning with. It's simply this, Lord... How do I make room for the cream? For the cream. How do I make room in my life for those things that are life-giving, that will nurture internal joy, that will create space for me to preserve the health of my relationships with God and with those around me that I love, to, to make sure that I'm focused and integrating my eternal purpose with my daily schedule, that I might have this sense of peace. How do I make room for the cream, you know, the cream, those things you love to do as hobbies, cooking and fishing and biking and hiking. Somebody shout cream. Cream, cream yes, for the, for the cream, you know, like just reading a good 
book or going swimming with the family, shout cream. cream. Yeah, cream, you know, like just having an unheard bath in the middle of the day or lying snuggled in bed and not having to rush, shout cream. Yes, time to watch those grandkids, you know, just crawl around on the floor and giggle and not feeling like I've got to rush out to a meeting. A time to hang out with your grandparents saying to them, the day is yours. We'll do whatever you want to do. Can you say cream? Yes. How do I find the time? How? To pray and laugh and dance. How do I find the time to live my best life now? Jesus says, well, I've got an answer for you. <laughs> he says, come walk with me and work with me and watch how I live life, you see. I, I, and learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace. And one of the unforced rhythms of grace that Jesus practiced in his life was a weekly Sabbath day. Everybody shout, Sabbath day. Sabbath day, Sabbath day. Jesus says, he's walking through on a Sabbath day. He honors the Sabbath day. They're walking through the grain field. And his disciples begin to pick corn that they're walking through, not to harvest it, not to sell it, but they saw it as simply uh, aspects of God's delight around them, and they were partaking in that. The Pharisee says, oh, my goodness, they're breaking the law. And Jesus says to them, number one, they're not breaking the law. They're enjoying in the delights of God. Number two, the Sabbath, he says, was made to meet the needs of people. It is a gift from God to bless you, not to enslave you. The Sabbath Meaning there's something embedded in the Sabbath that is incredibly powerful. Now, to lean in and to see what that is, let's begin with the word Sabbath. Everybody shout Sabbath. It, it means to, to stop. It means to stop. But it also means to delight. To sabbat is to stop, to delight. So the Sabbath day is a day where we stop and we delight. We rest and we worship. It is so important, this Sabbath day it is, until that when God called Moses to help shape and give birth to the nation of Israel, they come through the Red Sea, they've been delivered from slavery, now they're standing at Mount Sinai, and there they're standing, God, has, God gives to Moses ten commandments, and he says, I want you to, to, to teach these to the people, because if they live out these ten commandments, they will become a nation that will model for the world what it means to live your best life. And remarkably, in the fourth commandment, God commands the people, check this out, to make room for the creed. That's what it's about. Listen. Listen to what Moses communicates to the people that God declares. He says, everybody shout, remember. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy and set aside. Watch this rhythm. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a sabbat. It is a stop day. It is a delight day. A set aside for the Lord your God. 
On it you shall not do any work, any work, any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter. Stop. Stop. It's remarkable. And then, do you know that this fourth commandment about here's how to create space for cream. Here's how to, here's, here, here's God's answer to that internal prayer about how do I make room for those things that enrich my life. Do you know that this is the only commandment wherein Moses gives us a reason for why we should do it? Everybody shout, why? And Moses answers it. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, notice the rhythm, and the seas and all that is in them, but he sabbath, that's the Hebrew word here, he sabbath on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Wow. So first, it's a day to rest. And, and let me just point out a few things. I don't want to get trapped in legalism, not to be enslaved by it. First of all, it's not about the particular day. You know, for, in the Jewish context, the Sabbath day begins Friday evening and goes to the end of Saturday evening, sundown Friday, sundown Saturday. When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose on the, what was the first day of the Jewish, first day of the week for the Jewish calendar, which is for us Sunday. So Jesus' followers took Sunday and designated it as, as, as the day of the, as the Lord's day, which we became, became known as our Sabbath day. But later on, as, as Christianity broke through the bounds of Judaism and began to sweep across the Greco-Roman culture and sweeping through all of these cultures, people started arguing about what is a holy day, what's not a holy day. Uh, uh, some people say, don't eat this in the name of God. Some people say, well, eat this in the name of God. And Paul had to address this. And so as he speaks about uh, uh, the, the, how do you deal with Holy days, here's what he says, in the same way some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. But here's his, here's his instruction. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is what? Acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Somebody shout, pick your day, pick your day. Not everybody, some of us have to work on Saturdays and Sundays. We can't, we can't, we have to, what, 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 what day is available for us? Let's pick that day, your Sabbath day, stop the light. Secondly, never confuse the Sabbath day with your day off. You see, because we know, we know that if you're blessed to have five days for your public job, you know that six day, quote unquote, that day off, it's really not a day off. It's just a day off from your public job so that you can now work, you know, running errands and doing the maintenance on the car and doing the maintenance on the house and doing the grocery shopping. And by the time you get to the end of your day off, you need a day off. <laughs> so the Sabbath day is intended to be a rest day. Right? Arrest it. Notice what we learn as we look at this notion of the Sabbath day. The secret to it, the power in it, is the rhythm. Six days you work, one day you rest. Six days you what? One day you? Six days you? One day you? 
And what, 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 what Moses says, that, that God models this. It's in the creation story. And, that, 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 and part of why God models it is, is it's God's way of saying that, that in some way he's built this rhythm into the, into the natural rhythm of creation, into the natural rhythm of how your soul and my soul is designed to work. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I would love to do that, but if you, but my job and the demands of my job, they are so great. I just have to work seven days a week to stay, to keep up with everything, to make sure that we are productive. I, I hear you. I hear you. It reminds me of a story. When I was a young pastor starting off in uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and I was running here doing this and doing that, the late Dr. Violin Coleman, who was one of my elders, she called me to the side one day. She said, Pastor, listen, don't you let these people kill you. <laughs> she, said, she said, listen, if you fool around here and run in here and there and let these people kill you, she said, let me tell you what's going to happen. On the day of your funeral, they're going to walk up and look in the casket and see your corpse there, she says. And they're going to say, he sure does look natural. <laughs> And then all those things you thought couldn't get done without you, they're going to go ahead and find a way to do those things. Part of the power of the Sabbath is it forces us to break our illusions about the quote-unquote indispensableness of us, of what is actually required in God's world. And might I tell you that we are not required to be God in God's world. Only God occupies that space. Oh, I still, I see some of you scratching your head. Well, I'm not quite convinced yet. So might I suggest to you some information from some of the social scientists? Here's what the social scientists say. They say that, uh, that the, the best, most productive hours of our work week is, stops at the point of 50 hours. Everybody shout 50 hours. As a matter of fact, they've done study after study, and they figured out that, that the person who works 55 hours in terms of productivity and the person who works 70 hours a week, that there's absolutely zero, can you say zero? Zero difference between their productivity. That once you hit 50 hours a week, your productivity begins to Oh, uh, no, you're not convinced yet. So let me just share one more piece of, of data. Uh, the Huffington Post uh, did a, uh, uh, had a the doctor that did a survey a number of years ago. The question was, who are the happiest people in the world? And they did a kind of a global survey and find, come to find out that at the top of the list of the happiest people in the world were a group of pre, uh, Christians called Seventh-day Adventists. And if you know anything about Seventh-day Adventists, you know that they religiously follow, uh, really, the Jewish expression of the Sabbath. Uh, they work six days, and they take one day off Friday evening to Saturday evening. And what the, the social scientists discovered was not only were they among the happiest, check this out, but they tended to live seven years longer than the average person. Yeah, you can go, you can say, wow. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know what the word that comes at us from that? Remember the Sabbath. Remember 
the Sabbath. Six days work, one day rest. Well, not only is it a day of rest, it's also a day of worship. And so if you'd ask me, you'd say, what should I do on this day? Do I do, I do some worship songs or listen to this? Oh, of course you can do that. Do I read some scripture? Absolutely, if that's what you want to do. Do I spend time engaged in prayer? Oh, that's fabulous. Certainly you should do that. But I like what uh, uh, John Mark Comer writes in uh, Ruthlessly, his book called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And here's what he writes. He writes, expand your list of the spiritual disciplines to include eating a burrito on the patio or drinking a bottle of wine with your friends over a long, lazy dinner or walking on the beach with your lover or best friend. And here's the point. Anything to, here it is, everybody shout index. Index. Make a list in your heart towards grateful recognition of God's reality and goodness. He says that on the Sabbath day, you put on a different set of lens and you begin to uh, uh, pay attention to those things that reflect the goodness of God and the glory of God. And within you, you allow a very soft and a very quiet hallelujah to, to, to define your walk through life, whether it is a nice burrito or walk on the beach with your friends. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. So remember the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. It's a day of worship. But then there's another insight about the Sabbath. And this really makes me excited in case I haven't gotten excited enough. Uh, uh, Moses at the end of his time, when he's about to go off the scene, he gives... The book of Deuteronomy is his, is, his, is his sermon, his final sermon, where he's emphasizing for the people, this new generation of folk uh, who are about to take the promised land. These are things, this is how you've got to interpret your history. These are the things you have to remember. And he takes them through the Ten Commandments again. But when he gets to the Fourth Commandment, he tweaks it just a bit more uh, because of the context of needing to really emphasize it for this, for this, this new generation, because the old generation has died out. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. So he tweaks it a little bit. Notice how he starts. He begins with the word. Everybody shout, observe. Observe the Sabbath day. You know what you do when you observe? We observe Easter. We observe Christmas, right? So we create space. We plan for it. We make it a big day. And what Moses is saying, once a week you should have a holiday. Once a week you make a big day. Observe the Sabbath day. By keeping it holy as the Lord your God has suggested Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. As the Lord your God has recommended. No, it didn't say that. As the Lord your God has what? Commanded you. Yes, as the Lord your God has commanded you. And then the rest is kind of familiar. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, all your work. But the seventh day is a sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, any work, any work. Neither you nor your son or your daughter. But then everybody asks, shout, why? Ah, he gives a different why here. The same why is still intact. The first why he gave, which is, he said, by now you understand that, 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 that God did it. He modeled the importance of it. It's built into the DNA of creation. He says, but there's another why. Notice what he says. 
remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Observe the Sabbath day, commanded. So here is the question. What in the world is the relationship between God bringing folk out of slavery and observing, making it a big day, making the Sabbath day a weekly holiday? What's the relationship between the two? Well, this generation will be the first generation that were, didn't grow up in slavery. Their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents, they were slaves. And, 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 and when you were a slave in Egypt, you worked seven days. You had no holidays. You had no days off. You were a servant of the empire. It, 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 you were dehumanized to that point. You had no days off. And what God is saying here, remarkably, is that every time you dare to honor the Sabbath day, you are reminding yourself that, that God has not made you to be a slave. So the Sabbath day is really a day of liberation. It's a day where you and I celebrate that we are shall freedom. freedom. We're free. We're free. There's that person who says to me, I've got to work seven days a week just to do whatever. Doesn't that sound like slavery to American Express? <laughs> Neiman Marcus, Sears? Even more so, we, and I say we, I want to argue what drives us to work so much is that we are slaves to what I want to call an insatiable desire to accumulate. Look at all the shoes you got in your closet. Look at all the technology before you get before when you, the, 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 the iPhone 12 is working just fine. You got to get a 13. That's me. That's me. Got to get a 13. With this insatiable desire to accumulate more and more and more. Oh, this insatiable desire to accomplish greater and greater this trophy to be replaced by this trophy, to be replaced by this trophy, to accomplish greatness or that insatiable desire to be loved. And so we keep working and working to, to achieve this notion of love. But, but God tells us that he gives us one day where we are allowed to say in one word, enough. Can you shout enough? Enough for, one, for this week. It's enough, enough trying to accumulate, enough trying to accomplish, enough trying to win love. No, no, this is the day that I rest and I remember that, 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 that God is not my instrument achieving my goals, but God is the one who is God in the world. I'm God's instrument achieving his goals and he can handle life without me for one day. So it's a day of rest, it's a day of worship, it's a day of affirming our freedom from and our trust in 
remember the Sabbath day. Observe the Sabbath day. And then there's one final thing, and then we'll finish. It is also a day of delight. Shall delight. I wish you could, I wish you could, if you could really internalize this, you would, you would run to your Sabbath day. I mean, if you could, if you could really get this, I mean, you're, 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 you couldn't wait till your Sabbath day come, and then after the Sabbath day is over, you'll be, you, you, you'll be missing it for the rest of the week. Shout, delight! The light, the light. God really models this. If you read closely Genesis chapter 1, it's a remarkable text. You find what I want to call the Sabbath rhythm there in Genesis chapter 1. He, he, he's, uh, uh, six times you find this reoccurrence. God works, and then the text says he stops, and the text says, and he saw that it was good. And this notion of seeing that it was good is not just observation. It means that God works and then he pauses and he literally uh, partakes in the creation. He, 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 he basks in the light and uh, in, in the radiance of the light. He, 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 he's blessed by the fragrance of the flowers. He, he's enjoying the wetness of the, of the oceans and the seas. And, and he, he declares it is good. He works and then he rests and he works and he delights. He works and he delights. He doesn't just wait to the end of it all. Come on now. He does it as a Sabbath rhythm inside of his day. There's some wisdom there. I, I wish I had time. I, I don't have time, but, but wouldn't it be awesome if throughout our day we could pause just a little bit and enjoy life along the way. But then at the end of it all, in the final verse, it says, it says, it says, it says, verse 31, uh, the, in, in six days, seven times this thing occurs. And here's the crescendo moment. God saw all that he had made and this time, he says, it was very good. So very good. Very good, very good. You know, I like ice cream. And my daughter has been trying to get me to try this. I think it's called, is it gelato? Is that what it is? Ge gelato, gelato, that's it. And I didn't, I don't know, I figure it's artificial. I don't have to deal with that. So one day she convinced me, she's my daughter, she can almost get me to do anything. So, so I said, well, okay, one time. So she took me into the gelato store. And I said, just give me a little bit. She, she picked what she wanted me to have. And so she gave me a little bit for a little bit. And I tasted it. And I said, wait a minute. And I told that person, give me the biggest cup you got. And I want three scoops. <laughs> so now y'all, if you ask me, ice cream is, is, is good. But gelato, oh Lord, it's very good. Come on down. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what God has given us in the Sabbath day. Come on now. Your off day may be good. Come on now. But, 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 but a Sabbath day, a real Sabbath day, that's gelato, y'all. That's the cream, y'all. It's very good. Very good. Very good. It's, it's a delight. It's a delight. It's a delight. I stole this Sabbath question from John Mark Comer. You may want to take a picture of it. Here's the question he says. What could I do for 24 hours that would fill my soul with a deep, throbbing joy that would make me spontaneously combust with wonder, awe, gratitude, and praise? What is it? What is it? Is it, is, it, is it spending time with the grandkids, reading a good book, an unhurried bath 
in the middle of the day. What is it? Whatever that is, that is the cream that God calls us to enjoy as we glorify him on the Sabbath day. Somebody say, remember the Sabbath day. Now, let me end with this practical question. How? Shout how. I don't want to give you any rules. I just want to, these are suggestions. These really are suggestions and recommendations. You, God can shape and lead you however you want. But let's, just because you say, I want to get started. Tell me what do I do? Okay, here you do. Number one, you set aside a weekly day and time. Figure out what your day and the 24-hour period is going to be. Schedule it on your calendar. Number two, you got to plan for it. Or the things that you're normally doing on whatever that day is, you got to figure out how to reallocate those things. It's not an excuse to be irresponsible. you got to reallocate those things. And, and, and then you, you clear your schedule. And then you got to have conversations with people in your family and see, can, will they buy in and, 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 and on your job and all that stuff. You, you make plans for it. You see what I'm saying? And then, check this out. Turn off your phone. Now, wait a moment. I, 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 I hear the tension in the room. Some cold sweats breaking out for some people right now. I, I understand this. It's a suggestion. It's not a law. It's just a suggestion. And, and, but, but, but you ought to try it. You ought to try it. Uh, 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 for me, I, there's a, a thing on my phone called Focus, and I set it. And, and my certain family members can get to me. Certain people from my staff can get to me in the emergency. But, but and everything else is it's, it's blocked off. It's blocked off for 24 hours. You can live without your phone for 24 hours. I promise it's okay. And then four ask the Holy Spirit to shepherd you forward. This might mean that you start with a scripture reading and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a brief prayer and then you proceed. And then what do you do? Well, you rest, you worship, you delight, you celebrate your freedom. You observe the Sabbath day. Go ahead, give God a hand praise. You can do that. I know there's some people saying, well, how do I decide? What do I do? What don't I do? Here's the basic question. You ask yourself the question, is this rest? If it is, great. Or is it worship? If it is, great. Is it a delight? If it is, great. If it doesn't fit those three categories, don't do it. See how simple that is. It'll look different for different ones of us. I'm married. I'm in Silicon Valley. It looks one way for me. If you are a student in college, it may look a different way for you. But then the last thing, remember this. Whatever you come up with, don't be enslaved by it. Don't be enslaved by it. Listen, another one of my favorite places is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I love me some Chick-fil-A, y'all. And in the early days of Chick-fil-A, the owner says that he went in to work alongside of his workers and he did a full weekend and he was so exhausted. And he, he remembered the Sabbath day principle. He's a Christian. And so he built into the schedule, he said that, that on the Sabbath day, uh, that, uh, that Chick-fil-A would be closed. And if you know anything about Chick-fil-A, on Sundays it's closed and on major Christian holidays it's closed. And the competitors said, oh, my goodness, you won't be in business alone because that's our biggest days is the weekends. Well, do you know not only are they matching their competitors, this is one of the fastest growing companies and have been so for years 
in this country. You see, if you let God be God, God's pretty good at being God. <laughs> but they're not enslaved by it. In 2017, in Atlanta, the international airport was shut down. Thousands of people were stranded over the course of the weekend, recognizing the opportunity to serve God. Uh, uh, Chick-fil-A opened up and they served on Sunday thousands of people. In 2019, in Mobile, Alabama, a young boy, 14 years old, with cerebral palsy, wanted to celebrate his birthday on a Sunday at his favorite place, Chick-fil-A, and guess what? They opened up to do that. Do you see what I mean? You can honor, observe the Sabbath day, and yet not be enslaved by it. Let me end by offering you a gift. You've been so good to me. I want to offer you a gift that will radically change your life. I want to invite you to make the commitment today that for three weeks, you will honor a weekly Sabbath day of rest, worship, freedom, and delight. Somebody shout three weeks. Three weeks, three weeks, try it. And then at the end of the three weeks, what I hope will happen is that you'll go, wow, this is kind of nice. And you'll make one more commitment to do it for another three weeks. Because it takes about three weeks to figure out how to really do it the way you're going to do it. That will give you six weeks. And at the end of that six-week period, you can then make a decision, should this be a lifestyle approach or should this just be something I tried because the pastor said try it. Whatever your answer, it's cool, right? But try it. Me and my family, we did this going into Easter. And I want to tell you, it has revolutionized my life. Not perfectly, but faithfully, I have so much more room for the cream. Leave you with this reflection question. You have it. What is the primary obstacle to my stopping and resting one day a week? I want you to process that as you go to see what God will have for you. But I pray that you will let God answer that prayer. How do I make room? And his answer will be simply, remember the Sabbath. Let's pray real quickly. Father, thank you so much for this reminder, this word today, that you love us, that you want to bless us, and part of us, uh, part of it, Lord, is calling us to Sabbath rest, where we can truly rest our souls and our bodies and our lives and our itineraries, and, and we can worship you and we can delight in you. And we can delight in the good gifts that you fill our lives with. What a, what a tragedy to be given gifts that we don't even have time to enjoy. And so, Lord, thank you for this reminder. Help us all, Lord, to, to dare to rest on the Sabbath day. Guide and lead us uh, to kind of put feet to this, Lord, and make it a reality in our lives. 
We pray this in the name of the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen. Let's.